good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. Can we stand up and get ready to go to worship? with Cast Blaster. Powered by Cast Blaster. Once again, our congregation would like to thank you for listening to another edition of the Abundant Life Community Church, the Church of God of Prophecy Congregation podcast. The local church is located at 6808 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana, and we can be found on the web at www.cogopoh.com and we can be found on MySpace at myspace.com forward slash C-O-G-O-P-O-H. Well, thank you again for listening to another podcast uh, from our local church. Uh, this podcast is going to feature the sermon from uh, Sister Helen Pentecost as um, we get, we're in a revival for this week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, the 22nd to the 24th. Um, you'll probably hear this after that's already done and over with, but uh, we're trying to feature one of the sermons there, and that's from uh, our pastor's wife. And uh, I've had a podcast with her before when she's gave a sermon. It's really she gives real powerful messages for uh, uh, they've been preaching for a very very long time, and it's she's really 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 good. She's a real sweet person, and uh, she's a true blessing to our church. And we're glad to have both the pastor and herself there. I'm going to go ahead and uh, play some, introduce some new music that I found over the internet uh, from uh, Ken Conkle and Erica Dean and also uh, a favorite of mine, uh, Abraham and Liza Phillip from philipmusic.com. Ken Conkle, you can find him and Erica Dean on freeworshipmusic.com. Albums I'm going to, songs I'll play is from her album, uh, Turn to Him, that's Erica Dean. And uh, Ken Conkle's album is Have Your Way. I'll go ahead and uh, start right into that. Let's play something from Erica first. How about uh, we'll play River of Mercy. kind of like that song. I think you'll like it. It's really, she has a really beautiful voice and it's real good. This is her independent artist and I hope you can appreciate it. And please visit their uh, the website to find out more about them, freeworshipmusic.com. Creator of all I see, Creator 
Abraham and Liza Phillip from philipmusic.com. Yeah. 
You're listening to the Abundant Life Community Church, the Church of God of Prophecy Congregation Podcast, 6808 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. This is the time during the podcast. I'd like you to take time to listen to our list for those that were praying for healing. In the background, music playing right now is Ken Conkle, and uh, appropriately, the song he's singing is Healing River. Uh, if you wish, you can uh, just listen to these names, try to put them on your heart, put them on your mind, and pray for these for healing. Uh, Carol Richardson, Kelly Broche, Braxton Jett, Ken Jones, Bob Graveview, Ruth Chestnut, Randy Bronis, Louise Proctor, Dina Carter, and Sister Harris. We're also praying for other needs that have uh, that they've requested, that they've uh, left unspoken. Uh, Matt Warner, Lisa Cannon, Pam, and Jason Pavlet. Also remember you can submit your prayer request if you wish by uh, placing it into our offering plate at the local church. You can give it directly to Sister Erin Derek if you know who that is. Or you can simply email us from those internet listeners and those that would just wish to do it that way. Uh, prayer request at cogopoh.com. Remember that all the requests will be taken off the bulletin at the start of each month. So please resubmit any un- ongoing requests. All the requests are placed in our bulletin on the website and on uh, MySpace page too. And I read them off on the uh, uh, podcast as well. So if you will, take some time right now. The next minute or so as you listen to this song, and if you need more time, turn the podcast off or pause it, and I continue to pray for all those. We got the sis- sister Helen Pentecost's message is coming up next. Uh, don't remember the title of it. I think she gives it in the beginning, but she, uh, I think the Lord took her in different direction than what she uh, intended for her message to be. So it's a very powerful message. Give it a listen, and we'll have that coming up right now.
1918, little town of Terre Haute, Indiana. My father was drunk on his way from the bar to home. And he heard some singing in the storefront. And he staggered in that storefront that night. And the Lord saved his soul. Called him to preach. And in the early 20s, he started his uh, pastoral ministry in, in Gas City, Indiana. Uh, me and my brother and and two of my sisters have preached in the church for a long time and a, about six years ago a little more Becky started preaching and uh, she's a pretty good preacher and uh, in 1949, I takes after you. I thought she talked after me. But it, but anyhow, 1949, I met Helen for the first time, and she was preaching then. And I got good news the other night. They last last week they called me on Sunday night, and Paul DeWayne had preached his first sermon. That makes me feel good. So uh, just about all of this last century, there's been a, a Pentecost preaching, and it looks like it's going to continue for a while. And uh, Helen loves the name Pentecost so much that she wrote Stacy a check while she was here, and she wrote Stacy Pentecost. So... <laughs> I know she's very proud of that that name, Pentecost. So uh, when I first met her, she had a desire to preach. And when she found out that Paul wasn't going to get to preach this week, she wanted to make sure she got hers in. So uh, if my lovely wife will come, pray for her tonight. Brother uh, Lawson looked at that picture out there on the wall, and he could figure out Brother Matthews and Brother Lincoln, but he didn't know who that other fellow was. Charles, talking about the name of Pentecost, we'd, we'd been married, I guess, 20-something 20, uh, 20 years, I know, and we were pastoring in Aurora, Illinois, and James, Charles's brother James, was pastoring in Zion, Illinois. And uh, we had gone there and was holding him a revival. And so this one night I was sitting back in the congregation and uh, James said, now said Sister Johnson's going to come and sing for you. And uh, I was sitting by his wife, and I said to her, I'm going to fix him. I'm going to get him. I said, he'll not call me Sister Johnson anymore. So I got up, and I walked up to the front, and I said, you know, I've been in this family, told how many years, 20-something years. 
And I said, I've never yet figured out if James is ashamed of me or if he realizes what a good thing I gave up to become a Pentecost or just what the deal really is. But I said, James, for your information, my name is Pentecost. And from that day on, he's, he's called me Sister Pentecost. <laughs> so I, I got my point home to him that night. But God is good to us. And uh, it's uh, sometimes, it's, uh, a, sometimes it's a pleasure to preach, and sometimes it's, it's not. <laughs> I was on to preach in the state convention, and I'll tell you now, I'm not a convention preacher. I'd rather anybody had my place on the convention program. I I do not covet a place on anybody's convention program. I'll sit in the back. Thank you very much. Uh, But uh, uh, after I was healed of cancer, Brother Ortiz called one day and told Charles that he'd put me on the convention program to preach the healing message. And Charles was telling me this, and I said, that's not true. I just know it's not true. He said, if that's not the truth, I'll never go hunting again. Well, Lord, I knew it was the truth. I almost fainted. And I said, Lord, what am I going to do? And I began to seek the Lord. And I'd left the convention room that morning and went to my room and began to pray again and seek God, asking God to go in the pulpit with me. I always tell God I don't want to go by myself. I don't want to go and be in the pulpit by myself. Brother Ortiz walked up to me when I went back in the convention center and he said, are you ready to preach? And I said, I hope I am. Well, you'd better know. Well, right quick I thought, oh God, I've already made one mistake. What will I do when I get in the pulpit? But uh, God is good to us and he overlooks uh, all these different things. I desire your prayers tonight. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know what God wants out of it. But this is what has been presenting itself to me for several days. And if I have a subject, I would call it Present Your Bodies. Romans, the 12th chapter. Brother Jim, I'm going to wait till you get there. He told me the other day, he said, I I tell them where I'm reading and then I start reading before they get there. (laughs) Romans, the 12th chapter, starting the verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now I know there's people that tell you that you cannot find the perfect will of God. But you can. You can find the perfect will of God for your life. I believe our, most, uh, our problem is today that we don't 
seek to find the perfect will of God because we are a self-centered people. When we, uh, I don't know if they've changed it over the years or not, but when I filled out my questionnaire to uh, get minister's license, they had a question on there, are you free from self-will? And you had to say yes. If you didn't say yes, uh, you got a letter from the man and you didn't get no license. But so uh, we've always said that we was free from self-will. But you know, we don't even really realize what that really entails. Because I've been a lot of places that I didn't want to go. I've lived in a lot of places I didn't want to live in. I've ate food in people's houses that I'd rather not ate at. And I wore clothes that I really didn't want to wear. And I've gone uh, and uh, tried to help people that I really questioned in my heart whether I even wanted to help them or not. And then I remembered that I said I was free from self-will. When they... When Charles come, he'd gone on a hunting trip and he'd come back home and he said to me, we're going to West Virginia. Now I hope nobody's in here from West Virginia. He said, we're going to West Virginia. And I said, my Lord, are you sick? And I thought sure he had a fever. Because I'd never seen a thing in West Virginia that presented itself to me in any kind of a way. The only thing I, that I'd ever seen in West Virginia, when we first married, we was going home from uh, Detroit, Michigan, and we'd traveled down, and we was going down through West Virginia, and we come to this big mountain. They called it Golly Mountain. Well, Lord, we had this uh, 47, 48 Plymouth, and the, about the time we was getting up almost to the top, that old hand just laid down and died. And while we knew there wasn't a filling station nowhere to be found. No, you just didn't find them on the mountain. So we rounded a curve, Brother Wayne, and sitting right there in that curve was the prettiest filling station I ever seen in my life. And we uh, went over and we got more oil than we did gas. And we traveled on and we went home and went to the assembly and all this good stuff. And he comes back home from this hunting trip and tells me we're going to West Virginia. And I begin to question in my own heart, what in the world have I done that God would send this on me? Because I felt sure I had to do something wrong uh, to have to go there. And uh, sure enough, I ended up in a place uh, that was almost like where I was raised. I told you when I first come here, I was a coal miner's daughter. And I ended up right out of Logan, West Virginia, which is a coal mining camp where they shot them down for the fun of it uh, years ago, called in the army and everybody else. Uh, and you know what? I, f- I lived there five years. And I said, Lord, surely to the Lord, you can help me. 
You can, you can help me do this. You'll have to help me to do this. You know, sometimes we think God has forgotten us, but he's not forgotten us. Uh, Sister Christine, he knows just exactly where I'm at tonight. He knows my address. He knows what I look like. He knows just exactly who I am and all about me. And there's not any need in me trying to fool you or anybody else. God is the one that knows us. And he says to present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. He don't ask anything that you can't do. He don't ask you to sing if you can't carry a tune. You know what? We had in Minnesota, we had a woman that she could not carry a tune in a basket if you'd give it to her. She'd, uh, the basket would have had a hole in it. The bucket's got a hole in it. She couldn't carry a tune. But you know what she'd do? She'd get up and lead singing. Well, her dad s- stood about right about here, stood up with his eyes closed, and slept through the whole thing uh, because they said if he tried to sing, nobody within six pews either direction could sing a note uh, because of the way he sounded. But I'm telling you tonight that God already knew that, uh, so he didn't call him to sing. Uh, He didn't call him to preach. Uh, He calls who he wants to and who he knows will obey him, uh, and he calls you for what you're able to do. Somebody told us one time, girl come to my home church and she come as a district booster. You remember we used to have district boosters. And she came as a uh, the youth district booster. And she got up to try to uh, preach and it was pitiful. It was pitiful. The child couldn't say a word. And after it was all over, she said to me, Helen, would you do me a favor? And I said, if I can. She said, would you write me a message? And I sat down and I wrote her one. And I'd never done that before in my life because then you didn't write down messages. You just preached. You just let it go. And so I sat down and I wrote, oh boy, I got somebody's attention. <laughs> you, just, you just preached. And I wrote that girl a message and she went over to the next church in our district and our pastor and his wife went with them. And I said to my pastor's wife when she come back, I said, how did she do? She said she couldn't even read it. And I said, well, what did you do? She said, I told her to go back home to her mommy. You know what? If God calls you to preach, he'll qualify you to preach. If God calls you to sing, he'll put music in your heart. Uh, if he calls you to play an instrument, he'll put music in, the, in your fingers uh, and in your mind and you'll be able to make music. But I'm telling you tonight that God is waiting for us to present our bodies to him and say, here I am, Lord. Uh, take me and make out of me, hallelujah to God, what you want me to be. Uh, make me something that you can use. He said, Holy. Now, I know it's out of style for us to talk about holiness. A lot of people got the wrong idea about holiness anyway. 
They think it's long sleeves and high necks and long skirts and and, uh, long hair and all of this kind of garbage. And it's not that. It's the pureness of your heart. It's whether or not there's any sin in your heart. You you don't belong to a wholeness church. Don't tell nobody you belong to a wholeness church. Uh, You belong. uh, uh, You are holiness uh, because of the very act that God has cleansed your soul and made you pure. That's the only reason that you're holy tonight that's the only way that you can be holy is by having a pure heart before the Lord oh glory to God I want you to know tonight that God expects us to live holy not be not in a holiness church so to speak but to live holy every day he said don't be conformed to this world And oh, we see people every day that they're so wrapped up in the world, they forget that they even are supposed to know God. I want to read you a scripture. I've sat this afternoon and and run reference on these scriptures and and thought about them. And and I thought to myself, I I really don't know uh, where people are getting that God is pleased with just any kind of a life. The Bible in 1 Peter, the first chapter, the 14th and 15th verses says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Be ye holy. He said the one that called you is holy. He said the one that called you is holy. And you know there's a lot of people tonight that can't talk to you uh, 30 minutes without going back in their life and telling you just how mean they were. Just how they laid in the streets drunk. Uh, how they used God's name every time they turned around. Uh, how, the, how they cursed and smoked and drank and done all these many things that's unlike God. They, they just look back all the time. Uh, they don't have anything on their mind but what they used to be. God's not pleased with that. He don't want us to live in yesteryear. He wants us to live today and live hallelujah to God hallelujah live holy I worked when we pastored in Kalamazoo I worked at a sewing factory I don't know if anybody here has ever done that or not I hope you haven't they put me in the cutting room and because I was tall they wanted me to run what they called a spreader And you lifted those big heavy bolts of material. And I told them, I said, I won't do it. I'm not going to do that. So they put me to painting the patterns on the material. And it's it's really something to, to see it. You have these big long patterns. And you lay them across these big, after the uh, spreader comes along, he spreads layer after layer after layer of material. And then you go along with this pattern and these steel bars to hold that pattern in place. Uh, And you lay it out there and you've got this waxy uh, looking stuff that's colored. And you uh, paint over that. 
and it marks the pattern for the cutter to come along behind you and cut out the garment and then you match it and you tie it up in a bundle and you send it into the sewing room. Now that's the way it was done. We made clothes for Jewel T. We made clothes for W.T. Grant. We made clothes for Woolworth and all of this kind of thing. And I met and got educated. I, I was sheltered. I told people my mom kept me right under her all the time. She wouldn't allow me uh, to go anywhere that she didn't think I should go. My dad wouldn't allow anybody in our house with a deck of cards in their pocket. He never allowed nobody to drink a, a can of beer uh, on our, in our house. He wouldn't let you come in if you had a dirty mouth. You might as well pack your suitcase uh, because E.S. Johnson was going to send you tracking if he caught you doing those things. He said, my kids are here and they, I don't intend for them to hear that. And so I was sheltered. Brother Randy, I didn't know people talked like they talked. I didn't know they did things like that. And I'd stand back in my eyes and almost pop out of my head because of what they did. And this, I was painting with this little girl that had married a man from the country of Lathia near the Russian border. And she come to me one day and she said, Helen, said, you know what? Said, in the country of Lathia... Uh, if you, the priest, when he puts a wedding ring on your finger uh, and he blesses that wedding ring, if you take it off, your husband dies. And she said, my husband bought me a new wedding ring and I'm afraid to take this old one off because I'm afraid he'll die. I said, honey, you got it backwards. You wasn't the one that was raised in Lathia. You didn't come up under those rules like that. And I'm going to tell you a secret. Nobody's going to die unless God says it's time for them to die. Uh, nobody's going to go because somebody pulled off a wedding ring or put one on. But I'm going to tell you what. Uh, people need to clean up their mind. They need to uh, uh, get away from all these things. You know what we're full of today in the church? And you hear me good. You know what we're full of today in the church? Witchcraft. Yes, we are. Ouija boards. Lord, help me. Yeah, we've got people that play Ouija boards. we got people that will go to a fortune teller. We got people that will uh, take, watch these shows on television where they've got all kind of spirits in them. Let their little children sit down and, and watch Spellbound uh, to a cartoon that's full of witchcraft. I'm telling you, you better guard your child's mind against the things of the world uh, because God is not pleased with it and it's not holy. I was in a minister's home when my brother died. We'd gone to North Carolina for his funeral, and I was in a minister's home, had a little 14-month-old baby girl. <laughs> now, you hear me right, 14 months old. And every morning they brought that baby down, and they set her down in front of the television, and they turned on a cartoon on that television, and she sat there like she was hypnotized. She, her little face, her little eyes never turned one iota from that television screen. 14 months old. You tell me that Satan is not wrapped up in those things and our people are letting their children uh, do that, anything they want to do. We need to teach our children holiness. We need to teach them cleanliness. We need to teach them sanctification. We need to teach them what the Bible says. 
is about witchcraft and all these things. It's quiet. You're quiet and you're looking at me funny. But I'm telling you the truth. We got people that are in trouble tonight simply because they're so busy. They're using the television. Oh, Lord, help me. You're using the television for a babysitter for your kids and they're, uh, they're getting so uh, wrapped up in this stuff that they don't even have time uh, to study about what God says and what the Bible says. You don't take them to uh, church. You don't take them to youth camp. You don't take them uh, to anything that the church has to offer because you say it costs too much. I'm going to tell you what it is. Uh, it will cost your soul's, uh, your child's soul in hell if you don't indoctrinate it in the things of the Bible I don't know where that come from because I sure didn't plan to say it you got to live holy now I'll tell you I was I, I know I was brought up strict I didn't I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things that kids today are allowed to do but you know something I don't look back at my mom and dad and say they made me do this and that. No, I don't. I'm so proud, Brother Lawson, of the heritage that I've got, of what God has done for me. I'm so proud of what they taught me, what they put in my heart and my soul. I'm so proud that I'm able to hand it on to my children and teach them that they must live godly or go and be lost. We had a member in the church in Akron, Ohio, that called me one day and she said, Sister Pentecost, I want to ask you a question. And I said, okay. She said, I don't want my children uh, to hear the word hell in, in church or in Sunday school. Says, do you want yours to hear it? I said, you better believe I do. I want, and she said, why? I said, I want my children to know if they don't live for God, that's where they're going. Uh, they'll have spend eternity there. We need our children to know that there's a burning hell. And if they're not living what God wants them to live, they'll end up lost in eternity. Don't waste your time telling your child all the things that you did when you was a little boy. Tell them about God. Tell them about God. Teach them about God. Let them know that God loves them. Some of our children don't even know. Some of our, Right here in the state of Indiana, Paul and Becky were working in youth camp. And Paul told me that he had kids that come to the youth camp there that didn't know the first thing about being convicted of sin. Somebody's failing. Somebody's failing. Somebody's making a mistake. We need to teach our family, and we need to live holy. Oh, you say, I don't want to do all of that crazy stuff that holy people, holiness people do. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a clean life, a sanctified life, one that will stand inspection from God. I don't want to look back and say, well, when I, before I got saved, I did this or that. No, but I'm going to tell you that little old gal from, from, that I worked with, that her husband was from Lathy, she educated me. I, I told her one day, I said, Elaine, I never heard women talk like that. 
I didn't know women had that filthy of a mouth. And our boss, you're surprised when you run across things that you do out in the world. But our boss, he heard her one day and he called her off. And he said, Elaine, said, I want to ask you a question. Said, do you not realize that Helen is not like the rest of us? He said, why don't you keep your filthy mouth shut? And then he come back to me and he said, I want to tell you something. And while I'm telling you, I'm asking you to pray for me. Because he said, I'm a backslider from the Holy Ghost. Where you least expect it. Where you least expect it. But they talked, and Christmas come, they said they're going to have a party. Well, Lord, I thought a party would be, you know. They got drunk. They, the women chased the men in the bathrooms. It, it, I just stood there and looked, and I thought, God, help me to get out of here alive. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know I was, people, I didn't know people was like that. But I learned one thing. You can live holy regardless where you're at. You can live for God regardless where you're at. And that is what this, that's what Peter was saying. Don't look back on the things of the world, but look to the one that saved you and the one that has blessed you and live because he's holy. And because he is holy, you live holy. You live holy. Clean up your act. I had a a person to say to me not too long ago, told me a big rigmarole stuff. And while she was talking to me, I knew she wasn't telling me the truth. You know, people think nothing about lying. Do you realize that God put in his book that all liars shall have their part? Do you know it's just as bad to tell a lie as it is to go to the bank and hold up a bank, take their money? Or it's just as bad to tell a lie as it is to take somebody's life, according to the Scripture. According to the Scripture. And we have so-called Christians that lie for the pastime. God is not pleased. God is not pleased. God wants us to be holy people. If I tell you, I heard this statement on a Gaither tape, and the woman that was talking was the wife of the pain guy that sang with, what's his name? Glenn Payne, Glenn Payne's wife, and they were doing a tribute to him, and she said, he lives so good that if he tells me it's Easter, I color the eggs. Now, can, you, can people depend on your word like that? 
If you tell people it's it's Easter, they go color the eggs. What's she saying? He lives what he says. I, I, I want to be able, when, when I'm laid out in front of some church, because I hope Charles will take me to a church, when I'm laid out in front of some church, I want the people that come by and view my body, I want them to be able to say more than she sure could put a lot of biscuits on that pan. We had a funeral at the church in Mansfield, Ohio. And when the funeral was preached, two sons, both of them in the ministry, sat there while the minister was preaching and looked at each other, shaking their heads, and said, surely not my dad. Said, that's not my dad they're talking about. Because he wasn't, he wasn't good to us. And one a uh, pastor went there and he told him, said, I got too many widow women in this church. I'm going to find you a husband. And this woman said to him, she said, I'll tell you, God delivered me out of hell. And I don't want to go back in it. So you just quit your search before you start. You men, you don't want that said about you. When they view your body, Brother Wayne, you want them to say he was good to Martha and the kids. He loved his grandkids, Ryan. You'll look at him and you'll say, that's my papa. Yeah. He lived what he said. I want to live what I tell you. I want to live what I tell you. If I stand up here and tell you things... It's just a bunch of words going out into the air if I don't live it like I tell it to you. I want to live holy. I want to read to you one more scripture. In Second Corinthians, the seventh chapter and the first verse. Having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now we've talked about the flesh. We need to examine our spirit to see if we've got the right spirit. When my brother was overseer in Pennsylvania, he was, we were at his house visiting him. And as we was getting ready to leave, we got down to pray. And he said, in his prayer, he said, Lord, I know that I have some in the state that are not happy with the decisions that I have made and they're talking. But he said, Lord, whatever happens, 
please let me keep the right spirit about what I do or say. And so when he went to his state convention, he was going to move two pastors. Actually, he was just going to exchange churches with them. And the one pastor went to the other one and he said to him, I'll tell you what less men you do. Said, you stay where you're at and I'll stay where I'm at and we'll just fool the old boy. And the other pastor looked at him and said, evidently you didn't hear my message in the convention. And he said, I'm going to be moving and I'll be at your house. You have your furniture out because I'm moving in. I'm going to obey what he's told me to do. And when he made his appointments and he changed these two men, he made this statement. He said, if you have anything to say about the decisions that I have made today, he said, if you'll go off to yourself, get you a motel room, go off and stay by yourself for a week, And fast and pray for that week. And then you come back and talk to me. I'll talk to you. God help us to have a right spirit. God help us to have a clean spirit. I want my spirit to bear witness with your spirit. And it to be the right spirit. I don't want to have a hateful overbearing spirit I want to have a clear spirit before God one that he would be pleased with can you be that way today can you say God if you'll just show me what you want me to do I'll do that I'll do This podcast is produced by Cast Blaster. Our congregation would like to extend a warm thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to find out more about our church by visiting our website at cogopoh.com. If you do not have a church home, please consider joining us in our worship and service. We are located at 6808 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. We have services every Sunday morning, starting with Sunday school at 10 a.m. Worship service begins at 11 a.m. The pastor's sermon usually begins around 11.30 a.m. And our evening service begins at 6 p.m. We also have a prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. You have a blessed morning, afternoon, and evening, whatever time of day you're listening. And be sure to join us next week as we try to bring you another edition of the Abundant Life Community Church, the Church of God of Prophecy Congregation Podcast. Oh, and I'm glad, I'm glad he did.